You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. I'm good. I, I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, that's not good. I mean, it's a different life thing, right? I'm doing that whole different life thing, but um, Sunday nights, um, knowing that you have to get up and go to work on a Monday morning, I do not miss that. I do not. Uh, I don't welcome that back, but it is what it is, right? How is work going though? Um, so the first week was good. It was um, it was fun. I did a lot of physical activity. I was on my feet a lot, so it's nice because um, it gets me out of this sort of sedentary, um, uh-huh. you know, lifestyle of podcasting, metalsmithing, you know, jewelry yes. making, um, giving readings, all that stuff. Um, I got to do some really cool things. I got to um, s- um, make meals for um, the houseless and make cookies and see um, a video segment um, filmed. And then this week there's a in-house, we have an an in-house chef coming in. Wait a minute. We have a chef coming in to make a meal um, in the studio. So I get to experience all of that. So I get to do really cool things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I like seeing all the food posts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I get to eat all of it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? And like try bits of it. And yes. um, one of the things um, that was on the menu were these like these these giant pieces of steak. And so the chef oh instructor started cooking them on the grill. So of course it smelled like a steakhouse in there. And then we're all there making cookies and all that stuff. So he just put like, you know, like six or seven slices on a cutting board and just put them out there. And um, everybody started taking one, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh my god. It, just you just get little bites of all yeah. of the different things that come out of the kitchen all day long. So, oh, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a hard life. No, it doesn't seem like it would support weight loss either. But I tell you what, though, there's you're very you're on your feet. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice balance. What about you? What's going on with you? Um, I, good, good. I went to ceremony um, yesterday. How'd you like it? It was wonderful. And it's actually what triggered the topic for today's episode. So I'll I'll tell you more. I'll tell okay. you more about that one. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. Before we get started, do we have any announcements? Absolutely. Let's talk about that retreat. Um, specifically the commuter spots. Um, it's uh five fifty-five for um the um Intuitive Development Retreat happening May 27th through 29th in West Olive, Michigan. It's right on the Lake Michigan shore. And um, if you go and you stay with us, it's 888. Um, We have a payment plan if you need it. Um, But if you'd just like to go for the day, if you're a Michigan native and you live, you know, on the west coast of Michigan or really anywhere in Michigan because it's completely drivable, 
Um, mm. you know, it's only five fifty-five, which is three days of, you know, lots of goodness, materials, food. And, um, so yeah. it's a good price. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Isn't that fun? Isn't I think that's just a, I, I, I would do it if I were in Michigan for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we also have an add-on available, which is just a small group, um, six people max, where you can get some private integration of all of the things that we've learned and talked about over the weekend um, with Fiora Lees and I. Um, and that's on Monday. So you get an extra night um, for two twenty-two. Um, extra night, everything's included. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And I just wanted to mention um, that, again, we're really pushing for those reviews um, on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to give us a star rating and just a short review. It just helps us grow our audience and help us grow visibility. Um, you actually have now have a rating system available on Spotify. You know, Spotify is a little um, controversial right now. Controversial right now because they're doing stupid shit. But mm-hmm. you know, if um, if you help bump us podcasts like ours you know it can help remove some of that audience that goes towards the other junky stuff that's available out there so <laughs> I like that I like that you know and um I mean I'm I'm willing to give a, a free reading away if somebody um, um does a review for us so if you're wanting one of those soul blueprint um readings and you um, haven't booked then give us a give us a review and yeah. um yeah you can be into a drawing for a free reading yeah also just sharing a screenshot or sharing our our stories our post on instagram is also a great way mm-hmm. for you to help us out so we appreciate all of that and don't forget to tag us if you do share anything what are we talking about today okay so today we are talking about religious trauma and this is something that came up Excellent. for me yeah during ceremony so with ceremony, we sat with, I sat with a grandfather. This is the plant medicine, Wachama, which is a cactus medicine. And this isn't a day, this isn't a psychedelic. Um, so you're not like, you know, obviously not having any kind of hallucinations or whatever. It, it's actually meant to enhance your senses. Um, and through that process, you can really kind of help to heal some of, some of things that may be ailing you. Um, it is also inner child healing as well. And so this is this is how that came up for me. So one of the things like that I did during 2020 when I was doing just a ton of my own shadow work and and working through my my childhood specifically, which is where I started with my shadow work because I felt like that's where I had a lot of things that I had never worked through or understood or took the time to acknowledge. Um I had I had a really difficult time with Catholic school. I went to Catholic school and I freaking hated it. It was just like I just it was awful on so many levels as far as um, I was there for first grade and second grade. Um, my I I didn't learn to speak English until I started school and I started school with kindergarten. And in kindergarten, I went to public school. We had there was an ESL program. So there was, you know, an assistant in the class. So that transition wasn't wasn't so hard but then once I got to Catholic school they didn't have that they didn't have ESL they didn't have any kind of assistance or anything how old were you uh, I was like seven years old like six seven years old yeah so you'd only been speaking English for what a A school year 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got there, you know, there was still a little bit of a, a language barrier. I remember seeing my report cards from back in that time. And like every time it was like she doesn't um, she needs to be more social with the other students and da da da. And like it was a lot of a lot of that. And it was because one, I, I'm not a sports person. I don't really like sports. sports and I don't ball. like the feeling of like being excluded. Yeah, I don't like being excluded when it comes to like groups and stuff like I that didn't that never sat well with me. But I wasn't the type to like sit and bitch about it. I if anything, I've always liked more like creative stuff. So I used to bring a backpack full of craft stuff like paper, construction paper, scissors and crayons and stuff. And at recess time, that's what I would do. And like I would sit with other kids and we would do crafts. Like I would help them do crafts. <laughs> and this of was like Of course you were helping them. <laughs> and, and 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 the teacher was like not okay with this. And like these were things like I that I was reprimanded for, even though it was like I'm just doing things my own way. Like I don't, you know, this is this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I like to do in my free time. But there's a lot of that. I also there was like a bully in second grade. Um, the teachers were really mean, especially the nuns who were. I feel oh. like they should be nice. They were some of the worst. Um, <laughs> I had an awful PE teacher, awful who would yell, who would yell and scream at us, and I would cry. And it was just awful. And I would just beg my parents, like, please don't send me to the school. I don't want to go here anymore. And um, eventually I didn't. Once I was done with second grade was when we moved to Nebraska. And then I never went mm-hmm. back to Catholic school, thank God. Mm-hmm. Can, can, can we just talk about why nuns have are known, some of them, for being big old assholes? Like, why? Why? They're, like, mean. Is it because they're not getting laid? Well, I mean, that's one theory. <laughs> I don't get it. Why are you so mean? I, right? Like, I they're dicks. Yeah, and like, and my husband had a completely different, my husband went to Catholic school his entire school life, like elementary school. His elementary school went all the way to, through what would be considered middle school. And then even high school, he went to a private high school that was technically Catholic an all boys school. He had a completely different experience than uh-huh. I did. Like oh, his course. was like super positive and like he liked it, had no problem with it. And it's just, you know, this is interesting. Like we all, we uh-huh. all have different experiences. Um, okay. So in ceremony, you know, we're sitting in a group, we're sitting outside and just talking and we came onto this, this conversation. We're talking about the area of Pasadena, Pasadena, California. And I had this crazy flashback that I had not thought of like for many, many years. When I was little, I was maybe, I I can't tell you how old I was. I was probably like eight or nine, no, maybe like nine or 10 years old. Um, my parents and I, we used to go to Pasadena. They used to drive to Pasadena to see this priest. And he was this Catholic priest because he would wear like the priest garb, you know, with the you know, the whole, the whole shebang, he was, he would dress like a priest and we'd go see him. It was at his apartment and he would have like a line of people waiting out the door to come see him. And he would do these consults with these people and he would pray over you. He would rub some salve on you, like on your forehead. And he would stick his fingers in your mouth to make you throw up. 
like this was a part of like this thing that they would do. Then I'm telling the, you know, my friends who I'm sitting with and they're like looking at me, they're like, uh, like, I don't think that's right. And I'm like, you know, I, I agree. But like in that moment, like in that time, like I didn't think it was just, I didn't know. know. I didn't know. So he stuck his fingers down your throat and made you throw up? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was. What was the point of it? Like to remove bad stuff out of you? I don't Did know. Did you have the devil in you? I don't know what it was. <laughs> and <laughs> fucking psycho. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it was. And thankfully, like I didn't partake in that many times. I know it was mostly like my parents who were going to see him and my parents that were doing that thing. Um, but I would watch, like I would see, and I saw it like many times over. And yeah, I never questioned it until now. And now I'm like, until what now, f- <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't know. Did, did you ask your mom? Okay, can we ask? Can we have to bring your mom? On I will. I, I will ask her. I have to have this conversation with her because I don't know. I don't know what that was about or what the hell the point of that was. But yeah, that was something that. That we did, and this was well after I was not in Catholic school anymore. So I think that it's important because that to talk about because there are there are so many of us that grew up either with like a Catholic background or a Christian background, and a lot of the times these things can ha- have been damaging, and we don't even know it. We're not even aware. And sometimes there are there are people who have experienced serious trauma that are super aware um and unfortunately a lot of people get gaslighted they're just told like no it's not as bad as you think or no you know that's not anything that you should complain about or whatever or being hush hush like about sexual trauma but i just i just believe that we didn't go through that for nothing i think that it was a part of our evolution out of that out of that mindset out of that community just out of that school of thought of of religion and so first I just wanted to talk about so so religion itself the term is used to indicate a specific set of doctrines traditions and beliefs so Mm -hmm. religion versus spirituality so if that's how we defined religion Spirituality is defined as to more of a broader understanding of life and more of the force behind it and beyond life itself. So viewing life as greater than what we can see and greater than what is actually tangible. And it can include some religious aspects. It's because Mm -hmm. it's very personal, but it also transcends the physical realm. And spirituality can exist in within a person who does have, like I said, some religious beliefs, but it's also meant to be experienced outside of a specific religion. So you can, right. it's kind of like the thing of, of take what resonates and leave what doesn't. So right. that's how you know, it all works. Within spirituality, you often hear, and I've said this, that God has nothing to do with religion or mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry. Um, well, spirituality. Well, well, both really, <laughs> really, yeah. you know, it, so, yeah. Yeah, because you can be spiritual and opt to not use the word God. Yeah. You can use the word source or the universe or just a higher power or or I am, like the I am presence 
Mm-hmm. And AKA your higher self. Right. So there are different ways to define that. Mm-hmm. But there are, so there's several types of religious trauma. So I wanted to go through a little bit of, of that, of that list. So, so researchers have examined this. And so this is actually a comprehensive list um, that was, that was brought up through research. So um, this is dealing with people's negative experiences of who have been in religious, so ex-members of religious groups who have suffered this kind of abuse. So the first is leadership represented by God. So putting God up on some kind of pedestal, name, putting it generally it's, it's labeled as a he and it's made to be this like symbolic power, you know, authority, authority figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's one kind is, and that's, again, that's like, um, a way of putting like that God is outside of yourself. Right. Um, the other type is spiritual bullying. So manipulative behavior. So that's like saying, um, you can't do that because that's a sin or you can't do that because you'll go to hell. A lot of that, a lot of religions are that way where it's like, no, you can't do this because you'll go to hell or you must do this or else, you know, it's there's all these punishments. There's all these punishments if you don't do, quote unquote, what's right. Yeah, it's the idea of, you know, the, it, God being a vengeful, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, entity who will punish if you step out of line at all right Uh um it's that whole yeah vengeful um, a vengeful god yes yeah Mm -hmm. which i have always thought was bullshit it's like what what how does that work if he loves everybody why would he then (laughs) throw down vengeance on somebody i don't get get that that's the interesting part of our religion is how it constantly contradicts itself it's it's a giant yeah. <laughs> yeah and the third one is acceptance via performance so that's like again like the being emphasized on obedience on being an mm-hmm. obedient person on doing the right thing even when the right thing doesn't necessarily feel right but you're doing what you're told because that's you know how that's how you've been taught the fourth is spiritual neglect so acts of omission by leadership so that's like sexual trauma like, I was just gonna say, is that like the priests and the yeah, yeah and the little boys, mm-hmm. yeah, the priests that molest children, yeah. yeah, yeah, or priests that get girls pregnant and then force them to have abortions, and mm-hmm. you know, and and it's all hush hush, no one talks about it, and mm-hmm. yeah, all that. Um, the fifth is the ma- a manifestation of internal states. So that's again, that's putting God outside of yourself. So it's the dissonance between one's inner and outer worlds. It's putting it outside of yourself. Wait, t- give me an example of that. So, like the the thought of um, confession, like how it's you know it's it's I I can't I can't be forgiven by myself. Like I have to put this outside of myself. I have to talk to someone, talk to this priest, and then he's going to tell me what to do, and then that's how it's going to get forgiven. And this is a process. Okay, so this is this is one of the biggest reasons that i have beef with <laughs> i have legit beef with um, the catholic religion is because of uh, the confessional so basically the confessional says you are not pure or worthy enough to talk to god directly so you have mm-hmm. to talk to god through me only mm-hmm. i can talk to him and mm-hmm. you have to ask for and i get to administer your punishment not god <laughs> like yeah. tro- oh. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's such bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the sixth and final one is expanding the external and internal tension. So, so all, how that has to do with how it affects you um, psychologically or even biologically. Um, that uh, this, I believe, is more like the um, when you're gay, right? And you and you're told like, no, that's quote unquote unnatural. And it's like, that's not the definition of natural. The definition of natural is that it abides by the laws of nature. And the laws of nature are that if you can do it, then it is therefore by definition natural. We've talked about this So I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't run at the speed of light because that is going against the laws of nature. Uh But I can, you know, two ducks can be gay. Like, mm-hmm. so, and that's, you know, that's natural. Like, no, no yeah. one's conditioned to be gay. Like, you, you just are. And that's it. So, yeah, and that, and that, that, that creates that, again, internal and external tension between, within a person. Because it's like, well, I know how I feel and I know who I feel attracted to. But then I'm told that that's wrong. And how it causes this conflict within yourself of, like, I'm I'm a sinner. I'm impure. I'm this. I'm that, and it and it puts you at this confusing level of feeling like you're less than or that you're not worthy. Um, and while I'm on that, let me talk a little bit about the the bullshit of when somebody says, um, "Well, like about like a gay family member, for example, they'll say like, um, love the sinner, not the sin.'" <sighs> Oh my God. It's, 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 that's such horseshit. Like Uh how, how dare you? Like, and aren't you told, aren't you taught that, that you're not supposed to judge others, that you're supposed to leave the judgment up to God. And then yet you are here, you are judging their, this quote unquote sin, even though, and if we want to get it a little bit deeper into this, even though that whole idea of that people like to quote of, um, how men should not lay with men is actually a mistranslation. And the original text was saying that men should not lay with boys, as in pedophilia is wrong. Not mm-hmm. anything to do with homosexuality on its basis. It's that pedophilia is wrong, which, fuck yeah, absolutely, that's wrong. Well, I am shocked that the the, the Bible somehow got twisted to suit um anti-gay um you know proponents yes to, to suit their purposes i am mm-hmm. shocked yeah this is yeah. shocking <laughs> i just it's just isn't it supposed to be like you said like isn't uh, he's supposed to be an omniscient all-powerful and all-loving <laughs> and yet he hates you because you're gay that doesn't make any oh, fucking sense even the pope says to love gay people don't get me started on the pope because he's always laying down <sighs> these rules it's like really pope that people are just all of a sudden supposed to follow <sighs> your rules when he's listening to you you crazy old man <laughs> yeah we've given way too much power to a single person yeah. in that way yeah um and a couple things with all of this that i i want to include in the notes, um, I mentioned this today during the, the the class on the Zoom class. If someone is interested in kind of learning more about the translation of the Bible as 
with just, a, I guess I would just say as, as a different interpretation, but some people, a lot of, a lot of us believe that it's a more accurate interpretation, especially when we're taught the, the idea of that God created humans in his image and what that actually means, what that means for manifesting that if you are a part of God, then, then you are also God. And so then you also have the power to create, um, and destruct. Um, and, and, and so these, the original, the, the teachings of the lectures come from Neville Goddard and there's just a lot of information. And when he talks about the God of Jerusalem and who that actually is and what that actually means and how to incorporate that into your life. And if, you know, if anyone's interested in kind of uh, deconstructing religious beliefs, but still wanting to have a relationship with the idea of God, I think that's a really good place to start. Um, I'd really be interested in in any book that said, um, that did like maybe a side-by-side comparison that says, this is what the Bible says, and mm -hmm. this is what what it originally said, you know, just like you just told us about um, um, the example you just gave. Yeah. About men lying with men and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. I would Mm -hmm. love that. Is, is okay. So is this book, does that book do that? Or does it, is it just a general um, sort of explanation or clarification of the Bible? So I don't know if there's actual, I imagine there are, there have to be books that talk about the lectures of, of Neville Goddard, but he normally just did, they were just lectures. He would just talk to groups of people. And so there's just like a lot of transcripts. There's just transcripts that you can read of the or listen to. There, I know there's a few podcasts that that's all I dedicate to is just uh, reading in like a kind of like a meditative voice thing, so you can listen to to the the words. And, oh, yeah, right. and and Wonderful. see. Um, one of the things also that I wanted to add, um, and this one I think you talked about before about Dolores Cannon when Dolores Cannon talks about Jesus. And yeah. it's, it's specifically, if you want to look this up, it's Dolores Cannon when she talks about Jesus and the Essenes. So one of the most interesting parts that she talks about is how church is supposed was supposed to function, at least in, in the practice of how Jesus practiced it. So church was never meant to be an institution. It was never meant to be this holy place and you know, everybody has to just go to this one place and this is the only place where you can sit with God. Um, church was supposed to be more of just a gathering. So just a, a anywhere where people would gather and, and they would just, and there was no person, there was no person like on a pulpit. There was nobody labeled as a quote unquote leader. Um, it was just a group of people sharing ideas, listening and providing support for each other and generally just holding space for one another. And that in itself is the idea of church. Like that's what that's all beautiful. that church is supposed to be. Yeah. That and, sounds and, like a woman's circle. Yeah. A human circle. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing to say that we can't do that now and we can't have that now. And I really think that we should have that. Um, I'm not against religion. I'm against organized religion i'm mm-hmm. against punitive religion i'm against you know um, oppressive religion yes. yeah. um you know any of that bullshit and you know 
I know where my anti-religion, because I've been like this since I was like five, like oh. Awana, right? I don't know, Awana. <laughs> uh-huh. I like, uh-huh. I so wanted to go to Awana and I wanted to, you know, do all the Awana things on a Wednesday night. And my mom was like, absolutely not, because I went one time and they told me that I was going to go to hell because I hadn't been saved. Well, that pissed my mom off, right? Because mm-hmm. she's not religious. But but the reason that I wanted to be a part of it now I know is because of a past life that I had. I've had several past lives as, as nuns. And the one sort of the most profound one I've had was I was murdered by um, the mother superior um, mm-hmm. who was ordered to do that by the bishop. So, you oh. know, it's a really cool sort of story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I have always been anti-religion um ever since i can remember but specifically catholic yeah yeah and it's because of that religious trauma that you know um that i mean you know spans lifetimes now yep you know really so yeah it's very interesting yeah and and that's one of the general problems just in itself is this that essentially religion is removing the belief that our spiritual world lives inside of us and it puts it outside of us. Yeah. So, but when we recognize that it is actually within us and it's in our consciousness, then we can start to live a more spiritual life when we analyze like, okay, I will, again, like I will take what I liked and I'm going to release what hurt or what hurt me or what hurts others. Like there's no reason really to hold on to that. Um, so now I just want to go to kind of the steps because you, to how, how do we release this? How do we release religious trauma? How do we work through this? So the first step, like with, and this is essentially shadow work, but uh, with any kind of shadow work is first is we have to recognize it. Right. We have to recognize, recognize that there was a problem. And then after we do that, then we can start the separation process. So we can separate like, what, what do I believe? And why do I believe it? Where do those beliefs come from? Did my parents believe the same? Did my siblings believe the same? Were there other people in my family that believe these things? So, and then, and then question, do I, do I in my soul, in my core, does that feel right? Do I choose to believe this? Am I making a conscious choice from the place of love to believe this? It's that, so that's essentially the separation process. That's just questioning your questioning those belief systems, questioning yourself, questioning the the upbringing that you may have have, and then starting to separate that, se- separating your core moral beliefs from what you may have been programmed. And then after that is connecting to a healthy community. And this is where a lot of people get stuck because unfortunately, once you start unraveling these knots, it starts to feel like you can't have a relationship with people who are still in it. And I, and I, I, that has to be hard. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, especially if that's your, your core family who's hyper-religious, it can't be easy. But the key to that is to finding a healthy community of people who maybe are more on the same page as you. And what I'm seeing a lot of now, especially like I've noticed this a lot on TikTok, there is a, this huge community of like ex-Christians who are who are doing this work of breaking down these belief systems and understanding the actual translations of what what could have been the Bible or what should have been the Bible and and where things went wrong. 
So there are people out there. And I think that that connection to others is really the core of healing. And that uh, that kind of goes for everything. I mean, you know, you, yeah, finding your people. I and mean, we talked about this last episode, right? How important it is to have somebody to talk to and to find your people and find your support system and find that, you know, sort of like-minded group. You know, it's it's not about only thinking one way, but it's 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 about, you know, having, you know, the good, um, the good in you validated as well. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. What I've, I know what I've found and what I've noticed in other people who are on their own healing journey is the more you do the work as far as healing yourself and, and working through these things is the more you're going to find people that resonate with you on that on that different level, on that yeah. more healing level, who are also on their own journeys. And then you're going to find, you know, your soul family yep. who you're meant to to be friends with and you can feel safe with. Like attracts like. Mm-hmm. You know, and earlier when you were talking, um, you know, just about, you know, all the different types of religion and stuff, just imagine if religion were sort of obliterated, right? And it mm-hmm. was simply spirituality, that you know so we still have churches we still have congregations we still have you know mega churches if the joel osteens of the world still want to be giant douchebags we still have all that Mm -hmm. but instead of religion and all the things that you can't do because if you do you're gonna go to hell what if it was just the beautiful and just teaching people how to accept you know acceptance Mm -hmm. um you know all of the things that that are covered in sort of the spiritual tenets, you know, um, compassion, self-forgiveness, you know, forgiveness of others, yeah. grace, um, you know, looking at people as, a, as from the perspective of being a soul versus, you know, um, their personality. So just imagine how beautiful um, yeah. that could be because religion could be very beautiful. It can be, yeah. It, yeah. it can I mean, be. It still can too. But you know, it's it's because if if you go to the core of of all of it, which is supposed to be love, and you let go of all this extra excess rules and limits, regulations and stuff that man has opted to place on top of it right. in order to keep people controlled. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to negate that. I think there was a time when religion served its purpose, like organized religion served its purpose for some people. Um, There are people who you have lived these very um, difficult lives who maybe have done. I I, I saw this a lot in Christian church where, you know, they were ex-cons. They had, you know, served time in prison and they found God and now, you know, they were saved and they, opted to to be you know these better people in their lives and and do all this so i think that there are you know there's a space for it um but it's probably going to be that like those people's children Mm -hmm. if they're raised in that they're they're essentially going to find like okay this this was okay in my childhood maybe hopefully they didn't have any trauma associated with it but they can also learn to live beyond it Mm -hmm. um because they can again uh, go to the core of it and the core of of it that it's supposed to be love and and follow their 
continue their life living in that on that path in that purpose of just being a loving person to themselves and therefore to others. Yeah. You know, and, and Kathy, uh, the member of our group, Kathy, she's um, she's a Christian through and through. She mm-hmm. is all about that. But she comes from that beautiful, loving, sort of, you know, all accepting, yes. um, you know, sort of aspect of it. And, and religion can be beautiful, right? It's about fellowship. It's about yes. coming together and helping those less fortunate in the community and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things, but all of those things are found in spirituality as well. Yes. You know, so that's the difference for me. The religion is, you know, sort of punitive mm-hmm. and um, spirituality has all of the beautiful aspects of religion, but mm-hmm. it's all accepting, you know, people that are spiritual i'm not telling you that if you don't act be do or think a certain way that you're going to go to hell but some elements of religion and or christianity tell us that so Mm -hmm. it's like what how do you you don't get to take up space in in my brain yeah yeah And, and i've had i've had a few close friends that are religious i have a friend who is a pastor's daughter but they they don't live in a way of going around judging people and, and doing all that. And if anything, like, you know, she lives a beautiful life and she, in the way of, she loves on people and she doesn't go around preaching to anyone. She just leads by example and that's it. And I think it's beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I love her for that. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's all completely awful, but I think a lot, again, you know, specifically when we're talking about this and we're talking about the trauma that some of us mm-hmm. may endure, it's a different story. I liken bad religion to veganism because there are vegans that will preach to you <laughs> and tell you that you're going to go to hell and all of those things. And they're just as bad as, you know, militant Christians or yeah, for, militant yeah. Lutherans or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> militant Don't start, vegans. Don't I started on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So again, so going through this process of healing religious trauma. So another another step is to create the healing relationships and in your life that you need. And you do this by establishing boundaries. Uh, so this yeah. is the, the boundaries of whether it's not having to tell everyone about your relationships and all the, the problems that you may have in it because it's not everyone's business or the not having that need of oh, I have to go and confess and then I'm forgiven and then I'm going to go and do the same shit again later. Like that's, you know, so it's establishing the boundaries of like what what am I okay with and what am I not okay with and what am I going to do in my life when somebody comes in and doesn't abide by my boundaries? Like how am I going to, how am I going to tackle that? Um, so that's, that's all, um, the steps of going of establishing boundaries can be can be uh, taxing, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. Yeah, and I think specifically establishing boundaries within a religious organization is difficult because of the hi- the nature of the hierarchy or the hierarchy nature of it, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the you know the the church elders, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're to be listened to and not questioned. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really work for me. No. Um, so and there's just not a lot about it that does work for me. And again, I don't I don't mean to slam it. I mean, you know, I do have past life yeah. influences. Yeah. Um, but I just um, you know, there's there's a lot of trauma 
yeah. that is inherent in the the whole organization of religion and it's, mm-hmm. it, it needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So can we talk about like tithing for a second? Please. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. So when we talk, I know I've heard a lot of people who talk about like manifesting and that one of the best ways to manifest wealth and abundance is to, to give to others. But so I'm not like completely shitting on tithing, but, but especially like when I'm sitting in like a fucking Catholic church and I'm looking at this super gilded building and this excess of material that are going on in here. And then they're passing around these baskets of money and it's like, well, where is this money going? Because mm-hmm, it ain't going to Uncle Sam. Right. And it's not always going to the poor. So how about if you fucking take out the middleman? Because I'm not saying like, don't don't share your abundance or don't you know have a practice of creating abundance in the way of sharing it with others. But what if you cut out the middleman of being church and give to people yourself like you actually provide the abundance like I've had I've actually had friends who uh, they organized this um, they called it the burrito brigade and we would all get together everyone would bring in like um, like I would I brought in like a big thing of carnitas and like somebody else would bring rice somebody else would provide the tortillas and then we'd all get together and like build these burritos and then go out and hand them to the houseless or like you know what you're doing you know where, where you work like things like that where you're the active person participating in in this and you are by it creating a community um, and uh, you know sharing sharing your own abundance and then just by that you are because you believe yourself to have abundance in your life that you can now share with others you are just calling in more of that because that's how that's how the universe works again so that's how god works yeah. so again i'm not like saying like that no, you know no, but you're not right cut out the middleman <laughs> cut out the middleman cut out you know why does Joe Olstein again I'm going to dump mm-hmm, on him mm-hmm. his wealth is disgusting it is filthy disgusting yeah. Yeah. because he you know I mean there's the story where he refused to help um, people I think it was Katrina victims he refused to to offer up his space for for those victims or maybe it was the wildfire victims it was it whatever. was uh, it was when the floodings were happening in Texas the floodings. Okay. Yeah. So it was, Refuse. it was a hurricane. Yeah. It was a hurricane. I don't remember which, which hurricane it was, but yeah, it was a hurricane in Texas and he had closed. Yeah. They had closed the church because that, and that was a way, like a place where people could have stayed because it was like where it was located. It was safe, but yeah, they closed their, they closed their doors. So, yeah. you know, what, what does he do? I'm sure that there are organizations out there, but I don't trust him and I don't trust his organization about as much as I trusted Trump University or, you know, <laughs> Trump um, yeah. nonprofit. When your priest or your pastor is driving around in a fucking Rolls Royce. Thank you. Fuck that. Yeah. And, and I don't care if he's doing that, but then tax those buttholes which they'll probably just get off and pay like twelve dollars in taxes mm-hmm. or seven dollars or whatever but the point is is that churches need to be taxed taxed i'm sorry i do not um, I, do, I, I don't apologize for that but i think that they should be taxed they should yeah. um especially when they become institutions Yes. Because at that point they are there and it's it's an institution when it's a fucking institution and it is and it operates like a business 
Yeah. Yeah. So are employees of churches taxed? Do they have to pay taxes? So like, do I don't, staff? I don't know. That's oh, a good question. See. I don't yeah. know. And do, does the church have to pay employee taxes? Do they have to pay? See what I'm saying? There's just mm-hmm. too much shadiness going on and mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't um, I don't trust any of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So along those lines, though, have um, if you guys haven't watched the Righteous Gemstones on HBO, um, you got to put it in your queue because it is ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's um, Danny, um, Danny, 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 Danny. You guys know he's a comedian. Danny, Danny. Um, his last name is eluding me, but John Goodman. Um, who played the the guy in um, the? Um, I am totally messing this up. What's the name of the show? It's called The Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, Fiora, Fiora, she's got Google going. She's got the Google going. Name the 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 cast, but it's on HBO. It's on Danny Sunday McBride. Nights. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Yep. John um, Goodman, Adam Devine, Adam and Cassidy Devine. Freeman. Yes. Okay. They are ridiculous. It is, it, it, it's one of those shows where the first one, the first episode, I'm like, I don't know about this, right? Because you think it's going to be something else, but it's a comedy uh-huh. and it is, okay. it is hysterical. They okay, are outrageous, ridiculous idiots. And they also highlight, you know, the blatant, just disgusting wealth, you know, like they'll go into their mm-hmm. money room um, and it's just... <laughs> A room with stacks and stacks and stacks. Um, and they'll just, you know, they're yeah. like, it's not taxed, you know? What do we get? Yeah, that, 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 that's funny. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to watch that. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. So along this journey of healing, um, another step to take is to identify your hopes for the future. Oh, so like where do you want to be? Like, how is all of this going to imagine how all this is going to play out and try to um, think of that in the most optimum, in the optimum way, in the most optimum of, of possibilities of you being able to live a healthy life beyond, you know, what, what you may have had before in the past and the people that you are now going to be in in community with and who you're going to meet and what kind of life you're going to live, identify those hopes because it's really important to live, live towards that space to want to be in that energy. Cause that's how you're going to get there. If you're constantly stuck in like, Oh my God, this is only going to get worse then yeah, it's only going to get worse. So yeah, it's definitely that, that hope, that hope for the future is really important. Um, yeah. Seeking therapy especially if you've been a victim of sexual trauma. Um, but but all, all of the religious trauma, especially if you find yourself being unable to unpack or maybe you're being gaslighted by your family and being told, you know, no, that wasn't a thing or, that, you know, that therapy, don't discount that. Definitely, it can be absolutely helpful. And again, on that note, find the right therapist for yourself and know that you're not just stuck with the first therapist that you find. You have right. lots of options right now. There are so many options right now. <laughs> and a lot of therapists now, a lot of therapists are marrying spirituality and mm-hmm. Western therapy techniques mm-hmm. to, you know, I don't yes. know, clinic, clinicality. Well, I don't know what to call it. 
yeah. <laughs> clinician or, or clinic, clinic the, cl- how clinical you, how can we marry clinical and spiritual therapy together oh uh, clinical clinical, clinical spirituality <laughs> yeah i'm not sure but yeah you definitely want to find a trauma-informed therapist um and that will help you that'll help you kind of unpack all of this stuff and then finally it's just the knowing that you are not alone you're not the first person to experience this. There have been many people before you who have experienced religious trauma. And we hope that one day this will end. Um, but for now, know that you're not alone. And then I made this post, I think it was last week. It was on my Instagram, just talking about healing in general and that understanding that healing isn't linear. And even when you it's healing is like untangling a bunch of wires and sometimes you know you'll untangle a knot and you'll get like a straight line for a little bit and you'll feel good and then you hit another knot and you know and then you got to untangle that and sometimes you feel like oh I already surpassed that and then next thing you know that shit's all fucking tangled up again and you gotta like you know straighten it out again and that's how healing really is um but yeah, just giving yourself grace and knowing that it's, but you're on a path and you're doing the work and giving yourself credit for that. It's beautiful. It, it would definitely, it's easy for me to, you know, be cynical about the whole idea of religion just because I was never, ever raised religious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I can see how it would be difficult. It would be difficult to try to marry, like I said, you know, um, the two concepts of Christianity or, you know, religion with spirituality, especially if one teaching is, you know, telling you it's not, the other one is wrong and you're like, yeah. but it doesn't feel wrong. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful part about spirituality is because spirituality can really help you um, reframe and reclaim a lot of the things that you may have learned from yeah. religion and put them in a more spiritual frame. And then using that to really strengthen yourself, give yourself your power and create a more fulfilling life. Yeah, because spirituality versus um, religion, spirituality doesn't take away consequence. In my opinion, it actually, um, you know, that's what karma is. Mm -hmm. Karma is not consequence. Karma is perspective. But, you know, you do this to, you do something in one life and another life, you're going to then understand what it's like to have that done to you in some way. So, um, you know, I think that that, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a very beautiful concept and Mm -hmm. I wish that religion would overhaul and get on board because it could also be a really beautiful thing too. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith for religion, but because it's, it's just fucking caused so much harm along the way, you know, think of all the wars, all the people that have died in the name of religion and all the people that continue to be hurt you know, in the name of religion, people who adopt hate and hide behind Christianity or religion with it. Like, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it might be time to let it go. I, you know, yeah. And like the, one of the most consistent messages that comes out of the Akashic Records from spirits and channels and all that stuff is that religion is a human construct. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with your true nature. And, yes. You know, when we pass over, we're like, wait, there's no such thing as religion, mm-hmm. um, you know, and spirit is like, nope. Yeah, yeah. And like many myths that, that humans 
have created and that humans believe it's they serve a function for a period of time mm-hmm. even like money right yep. like yep. money and but money changes what what was one's currency in one society is probably worthless now or you know or doesn't or just doesn't function that way anymore so mm-hmm. it, there's this there's transitions to everything in life especially these these ideas that we created for ourselves in order to to have a working and functioning society to to a certain extent but yeah especially when it comes to the um this this whole um what is that the like the sexual purity stuff uh, of of christianity and Mm -hmm. and all that and the psychological damage that it can cause to people especially Mm -hmm. for you know if we're if a woman is told you know you you should not have sex before marriage and you marry this man and that's it you you know and and this and this person turns out to be incredibly abusive and now you feel like you're stuck in this marriage mm-hmm. because be, because you have no choice because getting divorced is a sin because God looks down on 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 divorce it's like yeah i don't think that god wants to be fucking unhappy so or beaten you know. abused yeah or no. shamed yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's. Uh, I don't think that any higher power that is um, based in love wants any kind of suffering for you. Did you Did you watch the Game of or, Yeah, the uh, Game of Thrones? No, Game of Thrones. Okay, so there was a scene where uh, Cersei, who was just, um, I believe she was the queen, um, mm-hmm. she was you know pulled down off her high horse, and so she was forced to walk through the streets of of um the the city mm-hmm. naked and then um the the nun was following behind her and then the people were throwing food and stuff at her but the nun was for you know the entire mile or however it took was over and over shame 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 um, yeah and although this particular character <laughs> deserved every damn last bit of it um i don't think that that is something that you know in a fictional, you know, respect, God would ever mm-hmm. have condoned. He would have been like, what in the hell? What yeah. the fresh hell is yeah. happening? <laughs> or you, I mean, we talked about Handmaid's Tale before. I mean, oh, Handmaid's same, Tale is right? like, Handmaid's Tale is like, it's basically a warning of like what would happen if if there was zero, if we just allowed severe punitive religion to take over government. And to take over people and remove our, basically our free will, you know, what, what would happen with like, it's like worst case scenario. But uh, yeah, so that's all I had on this topic. And I, I think that it's something that was important to talk about because I feel like a lot of us have been there. I mean, that is a really important, important topic. It's, it's, it's interesting too. So thank you. Very interesting. You know, I just love talking about different things anyway. So yeah. Um, this was very interesting and you know it gave me an opportunity to bitch about religion which (laughs) any opportunity to bitch about something I don't like is oh I'm always like oh I'm in Uh, all right okay you have something for closing vibe today yeah I do um I want okay so there's a couple things actually Okay. Um, I just want to talk about that Super Bowl halftime show. It oh. was fire. Um, so many generations, millennials, Xers, you know, Zers, all of those are like, this is the best thing 
best show ever. And it, and it, okay, it was, but it was, I thought it was hard to hear. And maybe it was just because I had it, I was watching it on my laptop um, oh. as I was like cooking dinner, but I thought it was hard to hear, but um, still it was badass. It was like Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Mary J. fucking Blige. Um, I mean, it was just badass. Um, so it was cool. And I just want to shout out because you know, by the time this airs, it'll be like a week later. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. I just saw it tonight. So it was a good one. Um, but I also want to talk about the full moon energy. We have a full moon in Leo on February 16th. That is in three days, which means that moon energy is already amping up. Yeah. Um, so by the time this airs on Friday, mm-hmm. we'll still be in we'll the still be in the we'll energy. still be in the energy of the full moon. Yep, three days before and three days after. Um, the themes of this full moon, um, I got this from Cosmic RX. So this is a little bit of cosmic and a little bit of me. Um, purpose, creativity, and playfulness. So basically this full moon in Leo is going to bring in the energy that's going to support um, curiosity and hope. And so within that energy, um, it's a really good time to dream and plan and look um, toward the horizon for new possibilities, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, new possibilities are huge. Um, so also to d- rediscover your joy. Um, January was really hard. We talked about that last week. I was mm-hmm. not a fan of January, um, but now it's a time to just relax and play and enjoy and just be in the moment. Enjoy. Um, it's very much needed. Um, you know, there's m- lots more energy coming um, you know, in the next, in the coming months. Um, but right now just enjoy it. Take a little break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this energy also supports us in getting in touch with what we love and why we love it. And what I love about that is it when we know what lights us the fuck up, then we have clarity about what we want to experience and what, sort of you know builds our happiness so that's really really important so really get in touch with what you love and why you love it so that you can call in more of those things that light you up that's beautiful i love that yeah isn't that beautiful yes Um, absolutely for i guess to sum it all up because it is a full moon in leo just imagine you know striding through this month like that badass lioness um you know moving into your next chapter think of the lion um, you know, she strides with purpose. She knows what she's, she's zeroed in on her focus, whether it's prey or, or she's going to play or whatever. Lions have very intense stare and, um, you know, they go after what they want and they do it with all the confidence. And so this is a month to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for this. I, yeah, I I'm am too. This energy. Yeah. yeah. Like the next, the next chapter. Um, yeah. So that's what I got. Perfect. Um, you guys, you know where you can find us. You can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast. Um, and please um, join our Facebook community, the Esoterics community. And there's all sorts of cool things. We have classes and workshops, events and courses, intuitive development tips, card pulls, meditations, which I haven't done in a while. But I'm going to keep saying it because maybe it'll... Um, push me into action all sorts of stuff yeah so thank you guys for sharing space with us today 
stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again next week. Next week. Bye, guys. Bye.